We have we have Samuel. Hannah. She's Hannah's not here. Uh, Hannah. Okay, so it's not my not my And uh, we have uh, and I learned her little name, and she's not here either. And Mia, she's not here. And little boys are not here, and and his two daughters <laughs> with us as well. Uh, Heavenly, Father Alia. Heavenly, and uh, <coughs> Olivia. She keeps telling me her name every time she walks by. And Yvonne, who is Samuel's sister. Okay, round of applause. Thank you. Oh, whoa, 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 I'm not done. And John, who is uh, Linda's husband, but she's out with Hannah. It's her sister. And uh, yeah, sister. so. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Praise God. Okay, so we are we are so grateful to have you with us. If you decide we're not really that weird, come on back. If we turn out to be weird, send money. Okay, so uh, we also have Kelly Ann and Abby from Canada representing, I think, their respective families, and the three families together represent the elders of the Tour North community. So, so, all right. Many in the visible expression of the church today are a little upset with folks like us that perhaps would raise up the traditions of godly men who've gone before us and proclaim that this would be inappropriate, extra-biblical, yada, yada, yada. Some of that may be true. And of course, we know of folks that are adhering to some perhaps traditions or teachings that would deny Yeshua as the Messiah, detract from the scriptures, etc. I happen to feel, and I'm actually meeting with you today because we don't do that here. And when I hear that we do that here, we talk about why we're doing that and either stop it or determine that we're not doing it. So one of the, uh, and, and we do recognize here at Bellatura that there's at least one or two of the sages of Israel who did deny Yeshua. I mean? Maybe two. two. Maybe two. Maybe two. Maybe three. Okay, three. <laughs> but we're not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Pregnant women accepted. Um, Why would they be accepted? It's a water thing. It's a water thing. Okay? Work with me, son. Work with me. Hopefully, I get no respect. <laughs> um, He's still waiting on the So I am. I'm waiting for the water to break, and I have a new granddaughter who is now, I think, 13 days overdue? 13 days overdue. So they said, well, you know, we're not going by the date. Who's going to open and close that womb? Come on. There it is. But we're waiting, and the name is the most important one. Exactly right. And not even I have been privileged to get into that inner circle. So, um, you have before you a traditional selachot, uh, or a book of songs for Shabbat. And on page, help me someone, 13, 13 we have the Birkat Tamazon, which is slightly longer than we normally do, which I forgot to do, by the way, public full disclosure, uh, last night after dinner. Um, with regard to traditions, um, for those who want to toss all traditions, what do they end up doing? Making Make their own traditions. Yeah. Exactly right. Yes. <laughs> so, if you're going to toss a lot of the traditions of Israel and its elders, then you would also toss away 
the tradition that we have, the tradition that we have, again, the tradition that we have of blessing God before we eat. That is the habit of the visible expression of the church today. But it is nothing more than a tradition of the elders of Israel. And it was a tradition of our master, who followed almost every one of the traditions of Israel in his day. But there is not a tradition to bless God. By the way, we're not blessing the food and asking God to make the pizza work in our body or something. That's, that's actually paganism. We're not doing that. We're blessing God from whom all things flow. Amen? Amen. So the Birkat Hamazon is an extended blessing after meal for several things. What are we blessing God for? Food. The food. Good. The land. The land. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And the Messianic de dynasty. There is. That, that, that the city of David would be rebuilt, that the temple would be rebuilt, that Messiah Yeshua would return. Amen? Amen. So, it's a little bizarre here the way it's laid out because when Jews print books, they want them to be used for every occasion. <laughs> so, um, there's paragraphs that you do when it's this day and that day. If you're standing over the foot, you don't do that paragraph, but you might do the other paragraph. So, um, let me guide you here, and we're going to sing the first paragraph that we normally do in Hebrew. If you don't know the song, you just kind of mumble along, and you know, we'll, we'll catch on. Baruch HaTadonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam HaZan Ezoot HaTulot Ezoot Ve'en Ve'esem HaKamim Kudotem Ve'elot HaZarim Le'olam HaZoh Uchubo HaGadol Tamid HaKasalaju Le'asalaju Ma'asot Ne'olam Ba'et HaZor Shemor HaGadol Yuehzor Ha'en Esachol all right, so all you uh, fabulous Hebrew scholars, tell me where we're up to now. That was nourishes all at the top of 15, is that right? We start second paragraph on 15? Yes, sir. That's exactly what it is. Uh, so for the rest of us who can't do the Hebrew quite as quickly or as uh, talentedly as uh, most of the uh, brain trust over here, I'm, I'm with you people, actually. Um, so let's, uh, let's pray to the Lord together. We thank you, Adonai, our God, because you have given to our forefathers as a heritage, a desirable good and spacious land. Because you removed us, Adonai, our God, from the land of Egypt, and you redeemed us from the house of bondage. For your covenant that you sealed in our flesh, for your Torah that you taught us, for your statutes that you made known to us, for the life of grace and loving kindness that you granted us, and for the provision of food which you nourish and sustain us constantly, in every day, in every season, and in every hour. It's not Hanukkah. It's not Purim. Pass the page. Flip the page. Stop the page. 17, together with me. For all that matter, God, we thank you and bless you. May your name be blessed by the mouth of all the living, continuously for all eternity. As it is written, and you shall eat, and you shall be satisfied, and you shall bless our God for the good land that you gave you. Blessed are you, God, and I, for the land and for nourishment. Amen. Together with me. Have mercy, we beg you, on our God, on Israel, your people, on Jerusalem, your city, on Zion, the resting place of your glory, on the monument.
which your name is called. Our God, our Father, tend us, nourish us, sustain us, support us, relieve us, and I, our God, grant us speedy relief from all our troubles. Please make us not needful, and I, our God, of the gifts of human hands, nor of their loans, but only of your hand that is full, open, holy, and generous, that we not feel inner shame or be humiliated forever and ever. The next paragraph in the pink is for on the Sabbath, together with me. May it please you, Adonai, our God, to give us rest to your commandments and through the commandments of the seventh day, this great and holy Sabbath. For this day is great and holy before you to rest on it and be content on it in love, as ordained by your will. May it be your will, Adonai, our God, that there be no distress, grief, or lament on this day of our contentment. And show us, Adonai, our God, the consolation of Zion, your city, and the rebuilding of Jerusalem, the city of your holiness. For you are master of salvations and master of consolations. Outstanding. You're, you're, you're doing pretty good. At the very bottom of page 17, together with me. We build Jerusalem, the holy city, soon in our days. Blessed are you, Adonai, who built Jerusalem in his mercy. Amen. Amen. Top of page 19. Blessed Together with me. Thank you. <laughs> Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, the Almighty, our Father, our King, our Sovereign, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Maker, our Holy One, Holy One of Jacob, our Shepherd, the Shepherd of Israel, the King who is good and does good for all. For every single day he did good, he does good, and he will do good for us. He was not to fool with us, and he is not to fool with us, and he will forever be not to fool with us. With grace and with kindness and with mercy, with relief, salvation, success, blessing, help, consolation, sustenance, support, mercy, life, peace, and all good, and of all good things may he never divide us. Wow, do you guys know what a comma is? Hello? Gee, where are a lot of them? We were just building up. Oh, it's the crescendo, I know. Yeah. All right, so who should we put on the spot? I feel like doing Josh again. He had to hand out the books. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Traficanti, have you ever had the privilege of announcing the compassion talk? Outstanding. So as we read this next paragraph, you'll notice that the compassionate one is proclaimed periodically. You will not say this. We will have this virile and strong man who's hopefully going to have a man-child soon <laughs> in our days. But not too soon. But not too soon. <laughs> but not too soon. <laughs> and not in the next few hours. Where, where, where's your wife? Oh my goodness. Yeah, the last time we had a pregnant woman here, she got she gave birth the very next day. And she's she is outside with a child now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Listen, you're going to the compassionate one. May he reign over us forever. The compassionate one. May he be blessed in heaven and on earth. The compassionate one. May he be praised throughout all generations. May he be glorified through us forever to the ultimate ends and be honored through us forever and for all eternity. The compassionate one. May he sustain us in honor. The compassionate one. May he break the yoke of oppression from our necks and guide us erect to our land. The compassionate one. May he send us abundant blessings to this house and upon this table. Compassionate one. May he send us the light of the prophet. He is remembered for good, to proclaim us as good tidings, salvations, and consolations. All right, now for those of you who are new to the book, take a look at the next pink paragraph. See? A guest recites the following blessing for me. Okay, just for the host. Okay? So just, so, go ahead. Really enjoy it. May it be God's will that this host not be shamed or humiliated in this world or in the world to come. May he be successful 
imagine anyone in their right wow. mind giving up the opportunity to have 45 people <coughs> pray that for them? <laughs> I'm assuming that we're going to have a sign-up sheet for those who want to host these. <laughs> <laughs> We've been blessing you for 11 years. You have, and I have been blessed through your prayers. All right, so the next paragraph is a little difficult for you a lot of times, um, but um, I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six. So if you'll start them off, my children will uh, step in. The compassionate one. May he bless my father, the master of his house, and my mother, the lady of his house, them, their house, their family, and all that is theirs. The compassionate one. May he bless me, my wife, and all my children, and all that is mine. Together. Ours and all that is ours, just as our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were blessed in everything, from everything, with everything. So may he bless us all together with a perfect blessing, and let us say, Amen. Wow. That's cool stuff. It's not the page 21. Together with me. On high, may Mary be pleaded upon them and upon us for a safeguard of peace. May we receive a blessing from Adonai in just times and to God our salvation, and find favor and good understanding in the eyes of God and man. Okay, so there is no Greek line, even though we read about it today. Uh, so we're in the pink box. You got the first one, and that's it, right? The compassionate one. May he cause us to inherit the day that will be completely a Sabbath and a rest day for eternal life. The compassionate one. May he make us worthy of the days of Messiah Yeshua and the life of the world to come. Together with me. He was a tower of salvation to his king and thus kindness to his anointed to David and to his descendants forever. He who makes peace in his eyes and he made peace upon us and upon all Israel and that's on. Amen. There is no deprivation for his reverend ones. Young lions may watch and hunger, but those who seek out and I will not lack any good. Give thanks to God and I, for he is good. His kindness endures forever. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Blessed is the man who trusts in God and I, and God and I will be his security. I was a youth and also at age, and I have not seen a righteous man forsaken, with his children begging for bread. Amen. May God bless all of you with his peace. You can take these books and pass them that way to that man who will put eight in each slipcover, number them appropriately, <laughs> and put them on the shelf. God bless you and thank you, Josh. Great. It is a great name. It is a great name. So, we've opened with a traditional prayer of the elders of Israel that God would be blessed and that we would receive blessing from God for these many things. I don't think anyone should argue with, with the blessing. I don't think anyone would want to give up the blessing. But your mileage may vary. The portion this week is lech lecha in your going, go. And it is, as uh, our brother Greg said this morning, chock full. It's got so many things. This, I think, is his favorite portion, except for last week, which was his favorite portion <laughs> prior to the week before. You know. Good news, um, we have plenty of food, so we can break this. Yeah, this, this could go on. So we are going to take a break.
at a point send you all home because I've got visitors from Canada. So I know you wanted to spend the night, but you can't. They can't. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what's one of the first things that we see in this portion? Is this portion about Abraham or rather about Avram? I like Avram. Yes. Or Avram, you know? But yes, it's not about Abraham. He only gets that name at the very end. So we've got Avram. Now, what, what's the first thing that happens? God says go. God says go. And what does he do? He goes. Good. Next. Top shelf. I want an overview first. Because we can't do the whole thing, so we've got to figure out where we're going to do the deep dive. So what's the next thing that happens? Generic. God makes a promise. God makes a promise. That seems to happen throughout. Well, go down we get a promise, he does something. We get another promise, we get a problem, we get a promise, we get a problem. They also go down to Egypt. They go down to Egypt. Why do they go down to Egypt? Because his wife is pretty. Because his wife is pretty? There it is, you heard it here first. A problem went down to Egypt because the girl was pretty. There it is. Off to Egypt you go. That's it. All right, so we're down in Egypt, and well, we got the famous, famous story, right? Sweetie, you are top shelf, let me tell you. And not only I think that, but everybody who sees you. So do me this one favor. <laughs> tell me, tell everybody you're my sister, and it'll be well with me, and I will be, I think the way the Jewish publication put it was, I will be saved through you. Ooh, I like that. She's 70 when this happened. Wow. What does that mean? Wow. <laughs> Look at Mary exactly. yeah. <laughs> And she was beautiful even in her age. Amen. 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 And I think I was reading this week that the sages pointed out that uh, not only is she beautiful, but they're traveling. So if you guys think about traveling, do we dress up and, and fix ourselves up? To, well, we, sh we used to. But do we fix ourselves up to go travel these days? No, you throw your shorts and your T-shirt yeah. on and you go. You're so, so they're traveling, yeah. and she's still she's still spectacular, beautiful. Yes, indeed. My wife corrected me. She was sixty-five. Six. Sixty-five, seventy. Come on. She's still amazing. I think that many men, at least I do, believe that their wives. As I've, like I said earlier, 30 years with this, uh, with this particular wife. <laughs> it is also the only wife, yes, and it's the only one planned. Yeah. Um, I, I just believe that she's growing more wise and at the same time more beautiful than when I first met her. I mean, I'm really astonished. And I think most men with a good marriage would believe the same. So maybe it's that our eyes are going. Maybe it's that our wives are truly. <laughs> More radiant than before. Either way, could go either way, right? I got it. I got it. But she was beautiful, and even in traveling, so maybe not looking her best, still spectacular. So we've got we got a problem. So when we finish our little overview, we are going to come back to this one because I want to know if you think, and we're actually going to we're actually going to raise hands and take account. Was he wrong for asking her to lie and so forth? We can do that, but, but no, no, you just mull that over. So what happens after, was this, is this the one with the, all the orifices cut up, closed up? No, wrong that's, an, that's Isaac, right? Yeah. Although it could have happened. That's right, it's just a plague. Hit him in, but, but with Isaac, now the dread of Isaac, 
I think I know where that's coming from. Yeah. Well, that's a couple portions away. So you come back to that. One. So, so Pharaoh is, it's revealed to him, gives her back all his possessions, and then we move into the plains or something here. We've got something going. Joshua. If I believe that if he was wrong, well then, God, then if he had been wrong. Wait a second. Are you going to answer the question whether he should lie or not? I'm coming back to that. Don't do it now. I want to hear what you have to say. I really do. Do you wear the same shirt as your brother? That's cool. All right. So we're going to come back to it. So don't don't forget it. If you got to write it down or something, you're going to tell you about. But we're going to come back to this. Vision of the lands. Yeah, the lands I thought was low. It's not a lot, by the way. It's low. Yeah. Don't don't be a noob. The land. It's a lot of land. There's low. In 1940, <laughs> it was a desert wasteland. No, I'm not talking about the Dead Sea during where they're talking about where the land. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which still is now the Dead Sea. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. The Yarden is still a garden. I mean, That's true. That, that is up further north. But yeah, you're right. We've been there, right? I mean, it's wow. ugly. Yeah. And you've got you've got what, boulders that actually turn out to be pieces of salt. Pieces of So if you've been there and you've seen it now, yeah. what this is, is after? What is it? But what is it? It's a reminder that God does punish sin. Amen. What's that bow in the cloud? It's a reminder, right? It's a reminder to Him from His covenant with all. But it's, all, but it's also a prophecy because we read in the prophets that it's going to be. A land, a, a sea that has no fish is going to have fishing abilities. Salt is going to go out of it. It won't kill things anymore. Exactly right. So it's a it's a visible reminder of God's judgment and God's promise. We've been studying about salt covenant and yeah. all the places where you salt the um, yeah. offering and everything. So it was a reminder of His covenant there. Sure. sure. Yeah. Full of salt. Yep. Big time. Yeah. All right. So we got a big battle. So what, you know, I'm, I'm I'm losing the timeline. What? Uh, she's my wife. No, she's not my wife. She's my sister. Okay, we're well, back. Division of land. Lot goes one way. one way. Avram goes the other way. Lot's friends get in trouble. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get there, God gives the whole land east, west, north, walk, south. Walk to and fro, because I'm going to give this to you. Then we get the whole. Yeah. Now walk to and fro in that whole deal there. You know, we got. I would say a fringe. Messianic Judaism that has grabbed onto that phrase and has publicized video clips of little footprints all over rocks uh, indicating that people took their little sandals and, and tried to put footprints everywhere to show that they owned the land. You know, that could be true. It could be that I got ripped off by in the video. So, to and fro throughout the land. So now we've got this promise. I'm going to give you this. I told you to go. This is where I'm going to take you. Good. Now what, what happened next? Then, then Lot has bad company, and they get mixed into trouble, and he gets stuck with them. Okay, so, right. and we do every year, we want to make sure Lot doesn't get the ding here, right? Lot is described guy. in the apostolic scriptures as a righteous man. He just picked a crummy place to live. 
You know, there's some folks that say they are, they feel led to be amongst sinners so that they can witness. God bless them. <laughs> Did God bless Lo? Yes. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. Was already blessed. Didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so. <laughs> It's not going to do it around. That's another portion. <laughs> well, no, he's I meant he had literal, literal sons and laws. And then, yeah, but they all thought he was joking. So, <laughs> well, that's not funny. I know my father-in-law does joke from time to time. But you can always tell when I'm joking. But if he says fire is coming from heaven, I'm going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true that Lilith was righteous, but by the same token, um, the reason he was spared. Is because through him comes Messiah. That's right. Mm. And he was only spared because of Abraham. Yes. God's mm. right. Just because he's righteous doesn't mean he hasn't made mistakes. Doesn't mean he's not stupid. Well, and I'm remembering the, uh, God called him Abraham righteous because of his trust. Correct. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because he was a perfect man. And it wasn't because he wasn't but he stupid. Trusted Exactly. Mm. All right. Lot got a covenant. Right. Because Abraham was in covenant with him. And I'm eight. I'm going to go get him. You bet. So uh, I, don't, I don't remember the talking down thing. Do we know the talking down thing? 15, 45, 50? That's, that's no, right? Because he didn't do it yet. This is loads over there. That's nearby. That's next week. That's next week. Okay. I, was, I read ahead. But he, gets, but he gets taken captive. And he does get taken Abraham captive. Abraham, if you look at the map, Abraham. Is a pretty cool guy. We we're talking this week. Everyone always puts Abraham as kind of this, you know, chubby older guy. Abraham looked like Sean Connery. <laughs> the journey goes from like he's living right around here in the middle of Israel. He's got to go all the way up to Damascus. That's like a twelve-hour drive. Yeah, and he's maybe on a camel. And he's maybe, and he's chasing an army and killing people the whole way up there. You know, slashing and hacking takes a whole lot more effort when yeah. you're you know, going that far. Yeah. Did he look like Sean Connery as James Bond, or as James <laughs> James Bond? He was like 75, so I'm thinking he's like The bottom line is, he didn't look like Peter O'Toole. No. Okay. Although he took the mask. He did. He did. So Avram goes up with his people, and with Eliezer and 318. 318 men from his household. That's the real three. I'm just wondering. I, you know, I, I can write. Trained men. And I, I write notes to men all the time. I tend to embellish. It makes for a good story. I don't think I would ever write the number 318. I'd be 320. Over 300 men! But I would, nearly 350 guys! I would never put 318. We're going to come back to that one too. But only if somebody has some really cool, mystical, there's no wells, but we got water kind of thing. Alright? So yeah, so Avram goes up, brings back his people. Now that's a mafia move. I want you to know that this is an Italian type portion. I love that. Comes back and now we've got two different kings. things that happen with Avram with kings. First, we got the king of Sodom, who I don't have, i be quite frank with you, I don't have a lot of regard or respect for. He paddles his own canoe. And he wants to honor Avram. What does he offer him? 
you take all the money and I'll get all the boys. I mean the people. Souls. What order says the souls? It does. It's Nishma, right? Which has something, yeah. I mean, you could, just on the surface, he wants the people. That's, I find that revolting. I think God does too. But a little underlying thing, if we look at the Hebrew, he wants the souls. And there's a battle going on. And if you don't see the battle, you're missing much of the Bible. You need to back up, start at the beginning again. Who's the second king? with whom Avram is going to interface. How did he do, by the way, with Sodom, with that guy? Boom! Talk to the hand. He just, yeah, right? He just slam dunked that guy, right? I, you know, whoa, no, stop. I'm not taking anything, no money. You got to pay the guys that came, Which, but me, nothing. It's kind of cool because he con- I did contrast that with what happens in Egypt. When and Abram's down there, and we're talking about the, whether it's right or wrong, yeah. it's interesting that he accepts a whole bunch of gifts from Pharaoh Probably including Hagar. That didn't work out so well. Yeah. So on this particular occasion, it's like, I'm not going to take anything from that guy. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that he has, he has in a sense, learned from this experience. And he trusts God so much to say, I don't need your stuff. So we either see a learning thing going on with him, or we see a king who is known to be honorable, who gave back the girl, versus a king who is known not to be honorable. So his response changing could be his learning or his different response to different people. I like that. Plus, wealth with Lot didn't work out either. Wealth is an issue. Too much of it can be a bad thing. May God smite me with it as much as you can. (laughs) It can be. I know. Smite me. Smite me. Okay. So who's the other king? Malkitzedek, the king of righteousness. Malkitzedek, the king of righteousness. <laughs> no, Shen, the king of righteousness. <laughs> oh, Shen, that's good. Okay. A little mysticism coming in. Watch out. Turn the mysticism clicker on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where was Isaac all the time? He was at Shem's. You know. Yeah. Okay. Shiva. All right. So, uh, what's 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 the deal? Who is this guy? He's the king. He's the king of righteousness. He has no genealogy. Lives happens to be in the place that we now call Jerusalem. And he's the king of Shalem or peace too, right? Okay. Uh, So are we digging into this part? I just want to know who he was. So you may have read some apostolic scriptures, and maybe the Book of Hebrews teaches you that he has no genealogy. He's a priest. And he's a priest of whom? The Most High God. How many of those we got? Let's see. Most. That would be. That's one. I think it's one. Or, yeah, I like that. Okay. So we got the interaction there, and what do they do? They break bread. Got a little wine, too. Don't go go crazy on me. All right. What happens after that? Abram's going home? Oh, he ties. So we're maybe, depending on how the, the whole Hebrew thing goes and how much time we got, we may come back and see who's standing in front of whom and all that, but that's later. next week. That's the, is that next week or is that this week? Next week. Oh, I can't read these double portions. It's killing me. Alright, so thank you. <laughs> you read the whole book, haven't you? I know. The tradition of, 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 of uh, fish you know, over wine and lots of yeah. this Right here to this. Good, good. Okay, so we got the Motsi, we got the Kiddush thing, and all of that. The baby I was talking about that didn't get born here until the next day was 
is right there. I just point all the guests in there. I wasn't faking it. I miss you. Okay, so uh, Avram takes off. Where's he go? What's up? What's next? They're coming. They, they do the between, between, between parts. Parts. The coming parts. Okay. So what's going between the parts? Between the parts. Smoking Fire. furnace. The smoking yeah. furnace. So traditionally, who's supposed to walk between the parts of these dead animals? Both parties, the covenant players. How many players you got? Two. Right. So we got one guy who's asleep and one guy who's walking through. Well, one individual. I'll move on. So. Well, before that, random sentence about birds coming down. Yeah. Go. Okay. So. So Avram is waiting, sun setting, got ravenous, uh, what do you call those, carrying birds, Vultures. what do you call them? Vultures. Yeah, no, no, they, birds of prey, right? Now, so Ramez, all right, I'm going to think of that, someone shooing away the birds of prey over dead bodies. Oh, I like that. Yes, our master quoted that. There's one more thing. Someone else did this. Who else did this? Someone else did this? Someone else. Someone else stayed by a dead body and shoot away the birds? Oh, 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 oh. Saul's wife? With his son, 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 um, swatting, swatting, swatting the birds, swatting the birds, yeah, swatting the birds. He he's got the four. <laughs> yeah, no, you got two. I think it's this one and what and what was that? What Saul? Saul. Saul's wife. We yeah, Saul's wife. Children. All the children. Uh, that, no, that's not the one. That's not the one. I I actually thought it was Abigail. When uh, no, that's not the one. All right, so fortunately, we're in the high-level discussion here, and we're moving <laughs> on. So uh, that's obviously homework for next Shabbat. Have a good time with that. All right, so, yeah, we got the random thing on the birds. Thanks, that was great. And uh, so the covenant between the parts is had. Now what's, what, what happens? Major thing. Just um, one thing with the, the, cover, the covenant between the parts and the torch, the lapin in the Hebrew I am absolutely confident that there's nobody in Canada who's going to be able to hear anything you're saying. Wait, wait. <laughs> Go. So I am reminded of a verse in Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be still until her righteousness emanates like a bright light and her Yeshua, Yeshua Pekha, Blazes like a lapin. So um, this picture of the lapin is a picture of of Messiah, and um, which is also one of the reasons why the, the weekly celebration of Havdalah, where we light the the lapin, the torch, right. um, is one of my favorite weekly. Which is which is why we don't have just two candles or one candle. And you need to have the right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. That'll uh, that, that that could be a full. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could. That'll preach. And when we're talking about manifestations yeah. of God mm. and a torch, yeah. it's interesting that the image that, that comes through the parts is light and smoke, 
which is ex or firing smoke, which is exactly what we see at Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, where we see flashes and the light, the smoke, every, and it's almost the exact same image. It's yes. like this is the God in covenant with Abraham, who is now in covenant with Abraham's children. Amen. Mm -hmm. And every day on Shabbat, when the priest goes in to light the incense before the altar, there, I got. Um, the room is filled with smoke. Mm -hmm. And as we know from the Talmud, <gasps> he can look back and see nothing but the fire, the seven fires, the lamps. Yes? But um, also, if you mentioned the fire and smoke, wasn't it a fire in a cloud that was guiding them and protecting them in the wilderness? Yeah. You know? That's right. It's the same God. It's the same God. It's good. It's good. I never thought of this. <laughs> So we have one God again. That's Echad. I like it. He's the most high. So are we back now to Hagar or Hagar? Yeah, and, uh, Hagar. So I, I, I don't know about you, but I was raised in the Methodist church. And Hagar always gets a ding, like a lot. And Hagar is like bad people. You know, it's, you know. How do you explain what happens to Hagar in the wilderness? What's up with that? It appears that she has an appearance. <laughs> I'm sorry. It appears that she has an incredible visitor. What exactly does it say about who visits her in the wilderness? Angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord? The, the angel of the Lord. Madam. And then it says in verse 13, it says, Hashem. Ah. Now, I thought Maimonides, the Rambam, told us that God has no physical attributes. It's, is that true? Yes, it is true. God is spirit. It's absolutely scriptural. What else do you know about God? He also is visible from time to time. He also can walk in the garden and be heard walking. Oh, I don't know how that is. just it's not, it's, it's not Hamalek. It's, it's, it's just angel. Oh, it's just angel in this one. In this one. Really okay. could be anyone. It could be anybody. But it could be Medicare. But Lori, yeah, as we have clear, we know who it is. Yeah, it's earlier. It's Hashem. Or later, it's Hashem. Exactly. So we do have an identifier here. This is Adonai. No question. This is the name. Okay? So I don't know about you. You know, we're just in the high level going through here, but I, I find that astonishing. I find it astonishing that a pagan prophet on a donkey gets stopped and, and prophesies for Israel. I, I, I find these things an anomaly. All I want to do is talk to God, and I'm a regular guy, saved by grace. Here we got pagans and weird people. Okay. Yeah. Did you catch that's my daughter? Yeah. Um, I find it difficult to, especially when you're talking about me. Yeah. Um, but but that's very kind, and it could be. I still want to talk to him, and I've never got I never got to talk to him like this girl talks to him. Have you talked to him like that? Not lately. 
Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there she's like, but she's a concubine of, of a righteous man who's in covenant with and he's a friend of God. So it could be, as we were discussing a, a week or so ago, that the righteous have an influence, positive or negative, on the culture, on the people. Greg stood up at the bat mitzvah two weeks ago and uh, honored the tzaddik uh, class that meets on Tuesday night. And his comment about them is absolutely true. These men will change the world. I'm too old to change the world, and he's getting there. It's that Zadik class. These young men will change the world because they are righteous men, and they are standing alone in a wicked and perverse generation, and they have a relationship with the Holy One of Israel. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good. Yes? If she is Keturah, we, we, we can recognize okay. that oh, she is. Oh, 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 oh. If she is Keturah. She is. See, now, wait, wait, wait. 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 <laughs> Wait, I want you to say it. Just wait. How many of you on this side of the room have no idea what he's talking about, even already? Look, see? See? I knew that. How many of you know? Okay? Tradition tells us that Hagar is his wife after Sarah passes away. If, if that's true, Keturah, yes. if that's true, that she has, she doesn't just have a unique relationship with Avram now. She has a unique, unique relationship with Avram in the, in the future from this point as well. She's going to raise twelve sons for him. I mean, not one, twelve. Yeah, twelve princes. That's well, yeah, twelve grandsons. <laughs> Disregard that. That's but right. there are more sons because there were twelve princes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Ishmael has a 12 on both sides. Yeah, I, I want to make sure we're all clear here, my children. The grandpa's going to have some influence over the kids. So yes, it's, I think that's notable. And if the sages are right about that, she's not only, uh, she's not only Sarai's or Sarah's handmaiden, but she's also later on husband to the father of our faith. I got you. I got you. Yeah. What? I have a conceiving question. I'm sorry. I can't hear you, sir. What was I have a conceiving question. Okay. <laughs> as long as it's not deceiving, we can conceive. Well, let's not get too uh, messy. All right. Sixteen four. <laughs> he consorted with Hagar, and she conceived. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you so far. So we move on down to verse 11. And the angel of Adam and I said to her, Behold, you will conceive. So has she conceived twice? Mine says you are pregnant. I'm sorry, are you reading from the English? Yes. Oh, yes. The stone edition Tanakh. <laughs> so in English of a higher value. I get you. I get you. Yeah. All right, can, I, can anybody Hebrew-wise help me? You study that and look at that for a second. I've got two. Stand by. Yes, ma'am. Um, great question, by the way. Thank you. Those are the things we want to look for. What's interesting to me in this portion is when Hagar is banished, and she cries out to Adonai that she not see the death of her son. Right. It says that the Lord responds to Ishmael's cry, not her. That's right. I don't know if I'm going out on the limb, but I think this is prophetic. I think that in the end time, the Lord will hear the cry of the Ishmaelites, the Arab people. 
and some of them will come to faith in Yeshua. And he's had witness of this in the congregation back in Texas of a Palestinian man who has come to faith and says that during Ramadan, there's a man in a white robe appearing to them while they're walking around, and it's Yeshua revealing himself, and he's drawing them out of that. Praise God. I, you know, I'm not going to stand here and say, that's who I can't believe this. It doesn't matter whether I believe. He believed and got saved. Who cares, right? I think that's super. I don't disagree with you in any way. But I do think that you should also recognize that not only did God hear Ishmael's cry, that's what his name means. God hears. That's cool. And actually, that's preach. Yes? Um, conception, though, in the Hebraic thought, um, is it not when the egg is fertilized? Like, I think so, almost like right here, like she became <laughs> pregnant. You yeah, see I, what I mean? I'm thinking that's the case. You yeah. may not know. No, but, yeah, but like she was like, because it says, well, you know, in the verse before, we know she knew though. Abram know, he knew his wife. Yeah. Abram had dwelt in this place. He went into Hagar. Yeah, and she yeah. can see. And she can see. Well, right. there's the yeah, we got that. But you're reading yeah. the language. Yeah. So is he? And he's, he's coming to the same conclusion. Just a few verses later, it says, which she will conceive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Do we get any Hebrew yeah, opportunities? Okay, the Hebrew doesn't seem to be future tense or past tense, but the commentary and the sages, they actually caught this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait a second. It's not future or past tense. Sometimes you got to hold these people back. <laughs> so let me see if I got the first little dribble you threw out I on us on the floor. That the Hebrew doesn't say one way or the <laughs> other. Did you just smear that over? Okay, okay. It reads, okay. I, I do know the tenses, and I don't see the future tense here. I could I may not know In that Hebrew one. word. I may not know that Hebrew word, and I may be missing it somewhere. But it looks to me like it's present tense. In both, you, know, you will have you will give birth as future, but conceive you will conceive. Looks like it's. No 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 no. Right. I got you know a past I have, tense back here. Yeah wait a minute I got. Well he's English though. No no no. Back oh wait a minute I got another Hebrew guy in the cheap seats in the couch. Yeah. Look at that. We're gonna put that on the front porch. Anyway, the, you were you have two verses in English. Both said you she did conceive, and then later you will conceive. So we're talking conceive in both cases. No birth, right? I have she conceived, and she will conceive. conceive. So conceive, conceive. You did, you will. Over here, the dribble on the floor. We don't have any first tens. Coming back to you. Coming back to you. Keep you know, Don't sweat. Um, I would like to hear what the sages have. I know you don't want to. You know you're willing to defer, but go ahead. But it is a completed action. It's, it's not past, present, or future. It's a done. You are pregnant. It's a what? Oh, it's a paha. Oh, Phil, yeah. That's not the same thing as past tense. <laughs> it has been done. Well, there is no so, past tense. All that's necessary. Okay. Okay, it's a completed uh, action. So the, is the action that you guys on the couch are talking about being completed being the contestant? Uh, yes. 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 Wait, which okay, verse? so it's not the... Uh, we're, we're in verse 11. Okay. All right. Right. So, so it's yeah. It's, we're talking on the conception, not the fact that they they were together. Yeah. It's it's a third person. Well, what about the other one? What about the other one? I thought there were two. What verses? Verse four and verse eleven. Verse, verse four. Verse four and eleven. Is harata, which is it sounds past tense in modern day Hebrew, but I think that means. Okay. Okay. The heads are down. Go. I don't know if this fits in with this, but the Hebrew word for. The, uh, um, the past is. Um, help me. Is the word for the past is behind you? No, it's in front of you. And the word for 
the word for the, yeah. the past is in front of you. Yeah, the, the, past, the, the future is behind you and the past yeah. is ahead of you because you can see what the past was, but you cannot see what the future holds. Well, I think that's very cool. And, and you know, over a glass of wine and a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can work. I'm saying, you know, okay. I can see, I can see. I got it. Young woman who is conceived, has conceived, might conceive, will conceive. So basically, he's got your back. Are you from New York? You ought to be, really. The commentary. Okay, go to the commentary. Go to the commentary. So, so. Who's commentary? Well, so, so, yeah, right. Well, we always got to ask that, but right. So, so we've we've thrown in our towel, and so let's. What did the sages say? What what did the sages say? They say that she did conceive previously, miscarried, and this is a promise. Because why? Because Sarah, Sarah, or Sarah, see I read earlier too, you know, what's that? He totally said it. Of course he did! That's what he does! Of course he did! Hoorah! 25 years of teaching. So what's it So the deal? Because she, you know, go ahead, Josh. No, 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 you I can see. Go for it. And he's married to the lawyer. I know it, yeah. Yeah, they're a team. Well, then. Then then Abram say do with her what you know said to Sarah or Sarai do you know, with your mentor whatever, whatever you want to do and so I think the sages say she verbally and abused physically her. possibly abused her and yeah. she lost the child and then it comes to then the Adonai speak to her and says you will you will receive a child is that what you're that that's, 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 <laughs> I just thought that's why I brought up that was cool and I wouldn't I wouldn't. Marianne, I wouldn't just say some commentator says that. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I want to I want to lift up the venerable men who have had at that time spent a great deal of time in their mother tongue looking at what he found. Wait a second. In English, it says she did, and then later she will. How does that work? Their answer is because of the context with the do with your maid children what you will and this girl's so upset after whatever she will, she runs away that she actually lost the baby and she had another baby. And that's how they explain That's this. how they explain this. And if you do the math, actually, it works out really well because it says explicitly that it's their, they, when Abram takes Hagar, they've been in the land for 10 years. He's 75, we knew that from earlier. So he's 85 at this point. We also know, based on the math, that he's 86 when Ishmael's born. That's a full year. So if she got pregnant, miscarried, they gets pregnant again right after that, that works pretty well within a year. Because obviously she's getting pregnant fast. That's why she realizes, hey, it's not him, it's you. Right. So my point in this is not that the sages may or may not have got it right. My point for you and I is... When we first started this walk, I thought the sages drank too much wine all the time. Because what they said was so far out in left field, I just could not believe it. And I could not believe that men with a good head on their shoulders would believe some of this tripe. 
And now, every year, I find out, oh, well, you know what? That actually makes sense, and it actually works out with the math. So, did they make it up out of whole cloth? Maybe. Does it, does it fit? In this case, it does fit. It would be, as we say, complementary to the scripture, not contradictory. Because if it's contradictory to the scripture, we're going to toss it because it doesn't matter who said it. Right? What else fit? Well, right now, this fits good. I could come up with 35 different things, but I have to be in a dark hole for a while to figure those out. And nothing's coming to mind right now other than him sitting here going, hey, Sure, sure, and I can look at other guys, especially in just the last, you know, hundred years, I could look at Christian commentators who don't believe that Jesus was Jewish to begin with, but... Yeah, right. Yes, but it's a list illustrative of a people that care so much about God's word and, and elevate it to the point that they understand that no word, no phrase, no letter is out of place. Therefore, if God says it in that way, there's a purpose for it. And so they explain the purpose, but at the same time, revering the God that gives us every letter correctly. Amen. And in fact, as you keep reading, even the spaces between the letters. I think what it is, we're growing in a sense of respect and honor for those that have gone before us. And to say, who, who are we to tell them yeah. that... Talk we're about news. Yeah. We're just brand new to it, yeah. right? So family history plus hours and years right. Amen. poured over sentences. Exactly. That we oh, just, oh, just a few words. You bet, yeah. So uh, we find it difficult to just dismiss it out of hand because they're Jewish. That's called anti-Semitism, whether you deny it or not. Yeah. Or dismiss it out of hand because they don't know the master. My plumber doesn't know the master. He's really, really good at plumbing. This guy seems to be really, really good at Hebrew. Anyway. I don't think that most of you have any concept of what an overview is, really. <laughs> this is the overview, yeah. Is it the student's fault? All right, what was next? What was after this? That is the uh, international symbol at Bellatora for, for the circumcision. Yeah. So, uh, and you can always do the hand thing, and most people get it too if you can't whistle. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so here's a little thought. When I first uh, began in this walk, I, uh, I turned to someone who is uh, actually still now in the visible representation of the church and said, uh, I, I really think that uh, we should be circumcised. And he looked at me. And he said, well, we're in Harris Teeter. What are you talking about? <laughs> I said, well, no, I'm just thinking about the, the covenant. <laughs> I, I think we should be circumcised. Aristides is a grocery store closed. He says, I think that's a little personal. And I said, uh, so is God. But well, the way I'm looking at it, so I, I, I'm trying to explain to him, we're, we're, we're near the, you know, the milk aisle. And I said, the way I see it here, the way I see it, you come into the faith 
or are introduced to the faith as a child. And your father is commanded to circumcise you. So you're going to be circumcised. No ifs, ands, or buts. Because you don't have anything to say about it. If, you're God's, if, you're God, if your father's a righteous man, he's going to be obedient, and you will be circumcised. But that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the man who was not raised by a righteous man. And God reveals himself through his grace and mercy. And you are either compelled or drawn. Let's not go there to accept Yeshua as Messiah. Predestined. predestined, whatever, right, yeah. I knew it was coming sooner or later. <laughs> Try to add it up. So now you're in the faith and you're embracing the Torah. Sounds like Abraham. It does. He wasn't circumcised by his dad. And now he's been given a command. Terah was an idol. Circumcise yourself and your children and all the guys in the now we know the street on eighteen. We're making a count now. So I so my question is if the scripture says that no uncircumcised male shall eat the Passover sacrifice, and that happens one time a year. Every year. Is it possible that you, forget what you grew up in, is it possible that you, if we were in the days of the Master, could come to faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and within 12 months were not circumcised? How could that be? Forget the whole ritual conversion stuff. How could you go one year without being circumcised? All men who are not circumcised, please stand. Tell me. Perhaps if you were not lit in the land, okay. Passover is only being celebrated as a memorial, not like we do now. Sure, good. Okay. But it could be it could be recognized that okay, well I'm not actually eating the Passover, because right, you can't celebrate Passover, mm -hmm. the next time I go to Jerusalem with Paul, I'm going to have to get this done. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. That's I think that fits the scriptures. <laughs> so, it's just in the overview, it's just food for thought. Yes, ma'am? Well, remembering Timothy. So I, yeah, I don't know if he was circumcised specifically for the Passover in accordance Correct, with, the, with the command, or just so he wouldn't be an affront to yeah. anyone else who might see him with no bridges on Yes, because they knew his father was a Greek. Now this gets different because his father wasn't circumcising when he was a Greek. So now he's part of the what's the word? Covenant. He's part of the covenant. Okay. So we got the circumcision. What came after that? That's the end. No, no, no. The promise that Isaac Laughter would be coming, and the whole. I mean, what version we were reading? Damascene? Sounds like he's like condemned to hell when you say he's a Damascene. I just don't get that. I mean, this is the way it sounded to me, but From Eliezer of Damascus, Damascus is. Yeah, yeah, Damascene. Yeah, maybe that would be. Yeah, so. So Eliezer's my heir. He's, you know, he's, he's going to get everything. He's lamenting. And you got God. Smacking him upside the head and making it clear. That's not the case. That is not the case. From your own body, Sarah will have a child. And he will be your heir. 
Only if you can do it with enough chutzpah that we can get it on the tip. Okay. Well, I just love reading that the, the Torah portion is it's like a family reunion again, like people you don't see for a year. Abraham, how you doing? How's your son? You know, that's the But so, so one one thing I picked up on this year was you turned to Isaiah 51, and uh, it starts off by saying, "Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn." Into the quarry from which you were dug. Then it says, Look to Abraham your father, to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one who I for he was but the one whom I called, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion, he, he comforts all of her waste places, and makes her wilderness like the garden of Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. And uh, and of course, so the rock from which you were hewn is juxtaposed uh, and or rather complemented with Abraham and Sarah. Because they're literally rocks. They're, 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 there's nothing that can come out of them. And uh, the Talmud says that they were, it was uh, physically impossible for them to have children. It just wasn't going to happen. And it's cool, I, I didn't know this, but there's a discussion in the Talmud, I won't get into it, but just on it, on whether or not you're allowed to pray for things that are physically impossible. Right. Like, you can't, it's a, it's a, it's a discussion. Uh, so, like, are you allowed to pray, pray to pray for a third arm if that's something that's not naturally occurring? Right. Maybe you shouldn't be praying for. Right. That. Or to walk on water. Right. So, yeah. so for for these people that are basically rocks is what Isaiah is calling them. But yeah, that's who we're uh, hewn from. That's the humble beginnings. Um, and uh, so, but the, the the rock word. And if you know anything about rocks, you think of okay, I know two rocks that happen in the Torah. And there's uh, cool. There's a a, a Rambam and a Ramban that I'm going to share as well. So. Rambam, Maimonides, uh, and Ramban, Nachmanides, they kind of argue, okay, what was Moses saying? What was the sense of Moshe with the rock? Uh, and it's funny because Ramban, uh, ben, ben Nachman kind of always very aptly is like, okay, here's what the Rambam says. Here's why he's crazy. This is it's blasphemy. It's not, it doesn't work. Rambam says that was because Moshe got mad. It's like, it can't be that because Moshe's got, he's, he's mad tons of times before. So it's not like he's mad. It's just a lack of, of faith. Uh, well, when he's when he's at that one time, supposed to show faith in front of the whole nation. That's what God said. Because yeah. you did not honor me inside of the right. whole nation. Right. Um, so, uh, and so I, I, he didn't trust God that by speaking to the rock, it would gush with water. But that he, he, he tried to strike it again. Um, and, and so and you keep reading that the verse in Isaiah, and it says all the rocks, basically, are, are going to gush forth with water. The, the wilderness is going to be like the Garden of Eden, a well watered, a fertile place. It's cool that we talked about uh, where the where in, in Israel the, the Dead Sea is, and the prophecy that it'll be not a Dead Sea, but a Sea of Life, or a living sea. Um, and then, uh, and, and if, if we appreciate that those two rocks are just pictures of, of Messiah, the first rock, uh, the Zor, when he came to, to be struck, uh, the second rock, the Selah, when he was supposed to be spoken to and communicated with. And it's that communication that's it's harder to, to have that amount of faith and to realize that there's literally nothing that can come out of this, but it's through faith and confession and words that I can bring water out of it. So exactly what Yeshua says, uh, for if, if you believe in me, out of your uh, heart will flow rivers of living water. You have to speak to it. Uh, I like it. I like it. What do you think? Kind of along the same line. They, they were dead in terms of their physical ability to reproduce. Correct. So, um, so it required their uh, deadness, if you will, to be quickened, right? 
So we have an interesting thing that happens. We have the name of both Avram and Sarai being changed from Avram to Avraham and from Sarai to Sarah. And each name is simply changed by adding the letter He to each name. And <coughs> there's a lot of different uh, ideas with that, but, but one of them is related to this 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 whole concept of being able to bring forth life because the letter hey in Hebrew uh, is understood as being a is kind of representing the idea of breath or wind or ruach spirit because when we pronounce a hey it's the only letter where we exhale silently so it's the breath okay so what we have here is by adding the hay to their name, it's a picture of the Spirit of God being added to them, which quickens them, brings life to them, so that they can now produce and bring forth seed. Right? And, and so it's a beautiful, it's a really beautiful picture of God putting his um, Spirit on them and related to that is the, the whole concept of covenant because, of course, he made this covenant, a one-way covenant. God said, I'm going to do this. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to do this. Um, and, and the covenant, you know, it, it, was, it was not uncommon in the ancient Near East when they would cut a covenant or when families, you know, when the elders of two families, when, they, when their kids would marry, you know, they would exchange a name, right? So I'm Mr. Smith, you're Mr. Gold. We make a covenant, we exchange our names, now we're Goldsmith, right? And so you have the other picture here is that God is actually exchanging part of his name with Abraham and Sarah because the Yud, the Hay, the Vav, and the Hay, there's two Hays in the name. It's as if he gave each one of them part of his name as a sign of, I'm in this covenant relationship with you. We're attached. I like it. And it's going to happen. And the way it's going to happen is I'm, I'm going to fill you with the spirit, with my spirit that will quicken your mortal body, bring it to life again so that it can bring forth the promise, the promise to see. So. Very cool. Very cool. Amen. Isn't that what happened with Mary? Yeah, exactly right. Romans chapter 6 says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God made us alive together with him. And this is why Paul in Romans 4 is harping the whole thing on death and life. Yeah. So throughout that, he's talking about Abraham trusting in God to bring life from death, which is a picture of resurrection. Yes. Which we see is exactly then the, the parallel image at the end of Romans 4. He links Abraham's faith in God being able to bring seed from one who is dead to God being able to bring Messiah from death to life. Yes, it is. It's good. It's good. So all the, all the parents are doing that. Cool. Good, good, good. Other comments on that? Excellent. Thank you. Now that's the end of you. We have seven minutes to go through anything in depth you'd like. Joshua really wanted to hit on the... Uh, yes, we're going there. So, let's jump on that one first. So, Avram 
leaves the land of promise because there's a famine in the land. This sounds amazingly familiar to me. Who else left the land of promise because of a famine? Did Isaac do it? No. Isaac never left the land. Did Jacob do it? Yes. Yes, he did. Did someone else do it? Ruth's dad. Ruth's dad. Dad-in-law. Does anybody know who did it? Elimelech. Elimelech, Elimelech, my God is king, but my king's got no food here, so I'm leaving. Okay, so, he leaves the land of promise. Do you think it was a mistake to leave the land of promise because there was no food? There's no indication of that. So he goes down there, on the way, looks over at the camel next to him, realizes, wow, she's a knockout. Let's talk about this. I want you to say you are my sister. He explains why. She evidently agrees to do so, although it doesn't say that. And Pharaoh is presented with this girl. That's weird. This extraordinarily old woman. (laughs) Because of what was told to them. Well, real quick on the good or bad going to Egypt. It's interesting that the word used, it says that he keeps traveling southward. That's not the word that they use when he says he goes down to Egypt. The word they use is goes down is the word yored, which is the same word they use for like rain falling. It's the idea of going down, which, to be honest with you, doesn't sound so positive. And oddly enough, in the next, after they leave Egypt, it says he goes up into the south. It's like, that's weird. He, he, he goes up to the south because Egypt's like, Egypt's way down there. I think Joseph also goes down to Egypt when he's taken as a slave. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I'm not saying it's bad for him to go down there, but generally speaking, Egypt's not a not good a good place. place to be. No. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because down is not necessarily the south. It can be down elevation, right? Because you go up to also Jerusalem. Also true. Right. It's true. Right. And you go up to Jerusalem no matter which direction you come. Yeah. All right, Joshua. So do you think that Abraham was wrong to lie? about his wife being his sister. We're asking her to do that, to lie. No. You don't think he was wrong to ask his wife to lie? Right. Because if he hadn't done that, well, then there was also the chance he might get killed. Well, if he had, God must have allowed him to because he had to stay alive in order to fulfill the promise for it. Can't lose this guy. He's He's a main player. I like that. Josiah, what do you think of that? Very good. You're very good. Okay. Micah, you with that one? So he wouldn't have promised him a great nation if he was going to die. Right. So are you saying that anything Abraham did would have been okay to stay alive? Not anything. Okay, so I got a no and a no. So, well, how do you know where to draw the line? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've got some young men on this side that want to talk. Stand by, men. Well done for even speaking up, especially with a loud mouth like me. I like that. Never call me that. <laughs> Turns out the sages have a list. Duh! A list? A list. Of how far you can go. 
Yes, because um, the sages, there is, this is actually a very important topic for them because unfortunately for Jewish people throughout the centuries, they've been asked to do a whole bunch of things or die. By, by what type of people have they been asked? Mostly Christians. Mostly, mostly Christians. Mostly, mostly Catholics. Catholics. Mostly Catholics. <laughs> Sometimes Protestants. Sometimes. They just, a lot of people don't like them. A lot of people. So they've and had you would to, call it anti-Semitism. Yeah, ex okay. exactly. And they've had to wrestle with this issue of how far can you go because Judaism rightly recognizes that preservation of life is an extremely high mitzvah. And when in Judaism they see that well, sometimes... Well, hang on one second. Hang on one second. It is a commandment, but I, I just want to make sure everybody understands. Before they got to that choice, that life is very important, they also came to another thing, and that is that the commandments can be ranked. Right. There are important commandments and not so important commandments, although we still have to do them. And there's really, really important commandments, and there's even a bottom one. A least of these commandments, according to the sages, and Yeshua, and Yeshua happened to quote them. <laughs> Let's get it right, guys. Anyway, so they recognize that sometimes the commandments headbutt. You can't keep. Both. That's that's a technical term. Yes. You try to keep. The, you try to keep this commandment. You try to keep this commandment and this commandment as much as possible. But every now and again, in order to keep both. Something's you you can't. Sometimes you have to break one. So like the classic example that we're about to come up to in a month or so is Hanukkah. Yeah. The Maccabees decided that fighting a war on Shabbat was okay because if they didn't, they're going to die. There was a whole group of people who said, we're not going to fight on Shabbat because that would be a bad thing. It's work on Shabbat, so we're not going to fight. And they all got killed. And the Maccabees said, you know what? They can't keep Great, any other commandments. Very noble, but now they're done keeping the commandments. Yes. So we'll, we'll go ahead and this special occasion break Shabbat in order to preserve life. And that is like part of the process of understanding that the idea so of preservation of life. Right, exactly. So on this one, there is some debate here because it's worth taking a look at. The sages actually defend Abraham because he is lying, which is a breaking of a commandment. You're not He's supposed not to lie. Lying. We're gonna oh, get to that. You could be. But either way, He's preserving life, which is extremely important. So Especially if it's your own life. I think that's important. So the sages then rank, there are, but they realize that not everything trumps saving life, or not everything is trumped by saving life. So there are a handful of commandments. Um, I don't remember all the lists, but no. some of the big ones are idolatry, profaning. murder, idol, uh, adultery, profaning. and profaning the name. It's only four, four, right? Is it four? So those are the top ones. So did everybody catch those four? These are the four that you cannot claim that I'm saving a life so I get a buy. And they're, Those, all, and they're all on the same level? These four would not trump life. Life trumps everything until you get fact, to these four. These four were? Adultery, murder, profaning the name, and idolatry. They're in Acts chapter 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's a way to look at it. There's a trouble. <laughs> so the point being, but if you look at it, though, if you look at the history, you can see how these things show up. So, for example, um, while you have so many Jewish martyrs, because they won't profane the name and they won't be idolatrous rather than die. They will die first. And, actually a, and why would they be idolaters? If they were to worship another god, that would be bad. Be well, how, how, would, how would being a Christian be serving another god? What were they presented with? A false messiah. A false messiah who does not keep the Torah. 
has a weird halo on his head. All these statues. Yeah, I mean, we can go on and on, right? So, yeah, okay. Good. So that's one reason why there's so many Jewish martyrs, because they see that idolatry is actually a bigger deal than preservation of life. And they'll actually stand for something, and which most people have no spine to do. Adultery also comes up. There's a very famous story of a rabbi's wife who's about to be raped by pirates. On a ship. And um, the rabbi like briefly distracts the pirates like that. She runs and jumps overboard. Her hands are tied behind her back. And essentially commits suicide because that was a bigger deal to be raped and have an adultery than to be um, than to die. Now, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's how serious they take it. So when you look at this passage. Seriously, I think it's an adjective. Seriously, not an adjective. This writing. passage. Um, <laughs> and if you want justification on telling the truth versus saving life, all you have to do is look at the other person who's linked with Abraham in faith in the book of James, or Jacob, that is Rahab. Rahab tells a flat-out, bold-faced lie that, oh, yeah, those guys who are technically under her roof, they ran out the gates. I think they went that way. You should go follow them. Yeah, I, I think I count more than one lie. There's at her. least one you lie. You betcha. And that is actually her mark of faith. Yes. Is that she protected the spots. Yes. And the only way she protected them was, was by lying. Lie. So I so think there are might be. Are you guys be, picking up on that? Are you, are you listening to this? You got lie. this? You know what you're doing? Okay. Sometimes, some, very rarely, thankfully, you have to break a command to keep a more important command. So you need to be bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah to be in the room so that you don't just willy nilly start. Why? Yeah, if your life's not in jeopardy, then you know. Well, your father has a comment before your wife has one. Well, it's, it's just that uh, most people recognize that Avram is not quite lying because, at the very least, Sarai is his cousin. Right. But the sages at the end of Bereshit, excuse me, at the end of Noah, recognize that the list of of his sisters or half sisters actually includes. Uh, Yiska, who is recognized as Sarai. So she's actually his half-sister. Which is what he says later. So he's not right, lying. That was his explanation. So he's not lying. She is his sister. Right. And, of course, he never lied. He asked her to lie. He asked her to say she well, was my sister. That's well, that's what it, he does ask her. But like you said, she doesn't seem to respond. Right. And doesn't then doesn't Pharaoh say, did you not say she was your sister? Ooh. So it sounds like he lied. Ooh, that's a good point. I like that. Well, he just called her by her, her alternate title. Alternate title. <laughs> <laughs> alternate title. <laughs> that's right. Like Song of, like song of Songs. My sister, my bride. Right. <laughs> my sister, my bride. My son, my erudite. Yes. What Juliana was saying, so it doesn't say that Sarah or Sarai in this case actually lied. So yeah. we know in the second case where was it was it was it Jacob who was having Egypt? It was Isaac. It was Isaac who did this deal, but he did not do it in Egypt. Okay, so Isaac did it, and it said then that the Lord actually told the guy that hey, you have the wrong wife. But in this case, it, it stopped him from uh, right. any hanky panky. But in this case, it doesn't actually say how Pharaoh found out. So did Sarah tell him, or did he just figure it out? Or did God tell him? Because God told the other guy. Well, yeah. in this case, if he was right. Don't you hate those? They list the, the next guy. And I don't want those. Gotcha. Well, it's okay, so we're good with thou that. shalt not, you know, bear false witness. Is that what we're talking about? We're saying lying, or is, it, no. is there that's some not a, other place that says you can never tell a lie to protect your family? 
That is specifically mentioned in the Torah right. yes. as being fed upon. What? Bad, Telling a lie. Bearing false or witness, like he just described. Like in, yeah, yeah, in fact, if you do that, I think you get the punishment that was intended for exactly. the other yeah. person. I mean, it's bad news. Go ahead. Now, now, lying, you know, we have a lot of discussion, particularly in the Proverbs um, and some other places, but a lot of discussion in the Proverbs about being untruthful and lying, right? And you're certainly, uh, it's certainly very clear that the scriptures discourage that, if not outright say, you know, don't do it. But the context of all of that is when you are lying to, when you're lying to uh, manipulate a situation for your own personal gain, right? That's not what Rahab did. And to the extent that you would argue that Abraham lied, that's... Or Sarai. Or Sarai. Right. She didn't do it for her own gain either. That's not what they were doing, right? But if I tell a lie so that I can somehow profit monetarily or I can get some favor or I can get some special recognition or something like that. So your bank account is not frozen in Cambodia and you don't need (laughs) them? Nigeria. That's the kind of behavior that scripture clearly says you shouldn't be doing that. Right. I do have another... Stand by. Stand by. There's no follow-up yet. Come back. Stand <laughs> You know, this is very kind of I'll runs parallel with, uh, you know, the Bible condemns um, accepting a bribe, but never talks about giving a bribe as being, you know. And uh, one, of, one of the things we found out as we learned about my wife's you know, heritage and Sephardic unseen heritage, we started studying and some of the sages, I think you were the one that read it to me, other, what did they say about the, the ancestors that kind of lied about? Oh, I mean, and, and we, our family has been learning about our family history as far as um, the Sephardic unseen in Spain. As they right. Were. And uh, they definitely had to come to a decision of will we convert? Right, or, or become Iranians. Or will we be killed? And they came to the conclusion, the sages and the rabbis and the sons, that it's better to preserve our children Yes. And to either flee to islands, right. you know, or just hide away, or to hide away, or to have these conversions which we don't even believe in, so they sure. mean nothing to us. Right, which is what the Yom Kippur uh, exactly. era of Yom Kippur Kol uh, Dray service is all about. Mm-hmm. You bet. Good. Good. So which is it, Moranos? Mm-hmm. What, were, what were your ancestors? Yeah, they're Moranos. same rabbis would endorse that. Absolutely. That's, that's and, and how cool is it to look at your 10-year-old and say, 
or 12 year old and say, now you're bar mitzvah and I just want you to know, by the way, your dad was a righteous man and he lost his life and I raised you as my own, yeah. that you might have to. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah, so I'm so I don't have any major problems whatsoever about what happened here. Mm-hmm. So, so we're all there. No, so you're, <laughs> so you're good. Yeah. No, I, 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 I hope I hope you didn't get the. I, I hope you didn't get the impression that all of us here were thinking that Abraham was a worm. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, that's, right, okay, yeah, that's not sure. the. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on his side. As breaking the Sabbath, that was another. That was another thing. Who broke the Sabbath? Well only if only if you wore, yes, you would be violating the Sabbath. But that's okay according to so, Sage's interpretation. So according to Sage's okay, you come up with your own halakha, we can tell you what we would believe, but But the, again it goes back to preserving preserving life. Exactly. So like right. today in, in the Israeli military, because they had to deal with this. This is a problem. You bet. There was a very famous war 30 years ago, 40 the years Yom ago, Kippur. called the Yom Kippur war. war, because Israel's enemies attacked on Yom Kippur. Now, why do you suppose they did that? <laughs> so it's like the perfect day to attack, because supposedly everyone's supposed to be fasting, whatever else. So these, like, the sages of Israel, the modern sages of Israel, have wrestled this issue too. Today, the Israeli military, who if you're on duty, if you're not on duty, you got to fast. But if you were on duty in the Israeli military, you have to eat on Yom Kippur. So you have strength. Because if they attack on Yom Kippur again, like they did again, you have to be ready. Because you're trying to save not only your life, but somebody else's it life. It makes total sense to you, and just so you know, many here do know, that there's always a man in our community when we meet like this who is armed and prepared to defend everybody and those beautiful children out there. Always, at least oh, one minute. Surface, is there somewhere that I'm, and it probably is right in front of my eyes, that says Sabbath, uh, bearing arms on Sabbath is all not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. where is it saying somewhere that you can't? Well, if something happens, you have to have war or. That relates to the 39 uh, code. Code. Yeah, yeah, it, we it has to do with carrying it doesn't have to do with the weapons. The whole idea is, is well, you know, now we got to get into defining we got to define work one of the ladies bumped into me a, a little bit ago and I was on my hands and knees cleaning up um, who brought brownies brownie crumbs you know? we give kids brownies brownie crumbs are going to be on the floor I don't care about the floor. I care about them getting <laughs> on your shoes and getting on my wife's carpet, in which case someone's going to die. <laughs> so, so I'm on my hands and me fixing it up, but that's just to minister to everyone, and I'm willing to do that. Some would say, you're, you're, you're cleaning the floor, don't do that. I don't have a problem with either side. I really don't. But I think the men on the other side are, are, are right. That whole discussion is big. Yeah. And you know what? You paddle your own canoe. Because the scripture, I think, is open-ended to a point and very free so that you can, he can, she might not, and we can all come together. All I know is I have to preserve life, especially if they're under my roof. You all are, be, are I am beholding to all of you. I must care for you while you're under my roof. And there's nobody going to die here if some wacko decides these people look Jewish. 
And that's what we do. I think chicken butt too. <laughs> our, you know, our master addressed this issue when he was asked a question about his disciples eating on Shabbat right. well, or, or plucking the grain of Shabbat. And he addressed it by, by recognizing that the priests profane the Shabbat, and we know that they do that in order to preserve life. The very, the very presence of God was necessary in, in Jerusalem by, and it was provided for, by the priests ministering on Shabbat. So it had to happen. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's undeniable, and uh, we could go so far as to say that while he presented that and gave a, a great argument, it's interesting how he starts that. Have you not read that the priests violate the Shabbat when they serve in the temple? How many of you have read that the priests violate Shabbat while they serve in the temple? Well, I can read it now. You've, you've never read it because it's not in the Bible. It's in the oral tradition, which was after written down in the mission. He's quoting from the oral traditions and using it to say, this is a good thing. They are preserving life. Well, I just had an observation as we were talking about this. Sarah, and I thought, he wasn't lying, but he was deceiving. Yes, he was. So really, to discuss whether or not lying is right, I think we need another example. Because I think, indeed, it was deception. Sure, it was. Okay. And, and, and how, how do you feel about... Uh, I got you guys. I, I, I get the bully pulpit. I get to at least respond first, right? How do you feel about uh, Levon? There's a guy, huh? What, what, what happened with Jacob? He worked seven years for Rachel. Godly. And didn't have any light bulbs? <laughs> didn't right. have any night light? Had a little too Maybe much. a little too much wine? <laughs> I don't know. Talk about deception. You say deceive. I, I, I probably should think of the adversary, right? I probably should think of the evil one. Because that's the way the master did it. I mean, it was, that was his first deal. I think of Levon, who may be a good architect. All right, so where was all of that? By the way, it was a good find. Absolutely. A little weak in the eyes, but hey, you know. No, so you don't go golfing. It's all right. With, uh, with Ahab. You know, with Ahab. Remember, remember where uh, Micah was telling Ahab where, uh, you know, he saw the host of heaven sitting before the Most High, Adonai, and who will go forth and, and lead Ahab into this yeah, and, and it says that a, a spirit came forth and said, I will go forth and That's be right. a lying spirit yeah. in the mouth of his prophet. Yeah. Yeah. And Adonai said, you shall, you shall prevail, go forth and do so. So sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, reminded of the, of the uh, master talking about being uh, gentle as does, but Shrewd as serpents. Shrewd is not the word that comes to my mind when I think of serpents. It's deceiving that comes to my mind. Maybe maybe serpents are wise. I, I don't really have many of them around. Sir. To drop some wisdom from Mishlei chapter 10, which has a lot of God likes uh, you know, a truthful tongue, but the wicked tongue is blasphemy. And just all these verses about truth and untruth and life. Mishlei is Proverbs. Just the, for, for the noobs. In the very last proverb on the whole section about speech, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the lips of the is what is perverse. 
perhaps that's say, I'm sorry, say that again. I apologize. The, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked is what uh, is uh, knows what is perverse. Mm. Uh, so, so perhaps that's the spirit, and that's the test of being a righteous man is knowing the when is, what, what is acceptable given the circumstances. Well, James what said that yeah. the yeah, man who can control or bridle control. that tongue. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got the whole body. So Melanie had a good question. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned Levan. Yes. But he was her father, and she was the oldest. That, you know, in their tradition, True. should marry first. Um, he he was know, not her father, though, right? No, no. Well, I mean, acting, he was acting. He was acting. He was acting. All right, so we'll give you that. It's a submitted thing. Yeah, he, um, yeah. you know, Jacob had seen with his eyes and desired and, uh, Rachel. Rachel, but got, you know, Leah. Well, out of Leah came Yehuda. And oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, even, even my sin, which yeah. is yeah. probably worse than yours, yeah. can be used by my wondrous God yeah. for his good and glory. Yeah. He's the donkey. <laughs> no, not like you. No, 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 uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. There's people in the room not recognizing that a lady has the floor. Go ahead. If a righteous person knows what's right, I must not be righteous. Because you don't know? No. I mean, there's something I know, but yes. there are other things that are like... Kind of iffy and gray area? I will tell you right now two things. Number one. That's why community is necessary. Number two, that's why you've got a husband. Go ask him. And that's actually why she's righteous. The yeah. wicked don't wonder. Then I ask yeah. Rick. <laughs> but that's again back to community. That's the whole idea. Right, right back to community. That's the whole idea. I, I do want to make sure you finish that up and make clear to everybody in this room that that is a specific understanding that you are about to die. It's not just, I don't have to study the Bible because I, I can witness simply because I can get the little beam and now I know what to say. That may happen, may happen if they're about to kill you. If you're curious about this, Revelation, heads lost, that's a really cool deal, but you're exactly right. In that case where life matters, the righteous will be given the right word. And I think that's also the idea of righteousness is study. I mean, that's part of what we're doing right now. Amen. We're looking at, okay, why is, is, a li is a lie to save a life okay? Well, the sages wrestled with this for years to make sure that they understood it. We're cheating by reading what their answers were. Sure. And that helps us to go, okay, so if... If someone is pointing a gun at my head or at someone or worse, else's, you know, her head, yeah, I can lie under those unique special circumstances. Now, again, according those, to the sages, according to the sages, it's a Torah to live by, right? Not 
which die by, which is unless it, we have the four. Those which four which is exactly what started the sages' whole deal mm -hmm. on that. Right, and so it's, I think that's, it's helpful to know that's how you become a righteous person is that ongoing study. I certainly have not arrived in all of the things that I'm supposed to know, and there are still today halakhic matters that are being decided by rabbis. So it is an ongoing journey, and I think that is God's intention. When he gave us the Torah, he wanted it to be a process of growth and learning that for many of us will take a lifetime. And that it would be done. In community, in community. So not then, in a vacuum. So at that point, you end up understanding what his intention is in all of the ways and positions of life so that his Torah literally fills your entire life. And if you have that, you not only have his intention, but then his character and his person. You have the word and the spirit. And a mm -hmm. connection, which is what those mitzvot are all about, and a relationship with our Savior. Amen. Well, that's a great... Point to conclude on. Well, I beg your pardon, Jackie. Uh, on which to conclude. Thank you, Scott. I'm sorry? 318. You give the quick thing on 318. Oh, the 318. You gotta do it. Come on. Oh, 318. I did that. Yeah. Would you uh, open. God bless you. Um, would you uh, open your Bibles, please? Um, Stand by, folks. Hang on. Could you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 21? John chapter 21. I'm trying not to rate my answer. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not rating it. I don't think it's an answer. Well, why don't you allow me to at least give it before you rate it? <laughs> Son. Listen, I don't have the apostolic scriptures. Here, Here Pete. Let me uh, help you with your preparation for Shabbat. <laughs> Somebody needs to pull his father aside. Let me tell you. John chapter 21 and verse 1. Brock, are you with us there, buddy? Are you, you, you going to make it? Oh, yeah. After this, Yeshua revealed himself again to the Talmudim by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. I'm going to ask you when I'm done reading, in what way did he reveal himself? So I'm telling you what I'm going to ask you. Then I'm going to tell you. Then I'm going to ask you. Is everyone clear? <laughs> Simon Peter Thomas called the twin, Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the thunder guys, and two others of his disciples were together. Shimon Kepha said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we'll go with you. 
They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, because you fish at night over there, by the way, Yeshua stood on the shore. Yet the Talmudim did not know that it was Yeshua. Yeshua said to him, Children, do you have any fish? These young men were obviously not from New York and did not say, Who are you calling children? <laughs> no, they answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now, after all night, they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That Talmud, whom Yeshua loved before, said to, to Kepha, It is the Lord. When Shimon Kepha heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other Talmudim came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it. He's already got fish. I'm going to ask you later where he got those fish. I guess they came out of that kid's lunch from a few months ago. <laughs> and bread. Yeshua said to them, Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. Watch it. So Shimon Kepha went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn, which is referring back to a previous time when they actually tore the net. And Yeshua said, come and have breakfast. And nobody wanted to say, who are you? So, verse 1. He revealed himself in this way. In which way? Was it A, that he was able to not allow them to find or catch any fish all night long, and then allow them to catch fish by throwing the net on the other side of the boat. That's like saying, you've got hiccups, you're drinking water, use the other hand. Come on. Or did he reveal himself in another way? By already having fish on the grill. By knowing that they hadn't caught anything. And asking a rhetorical question. Or did he reveal himself as being the Messiah? by having them catch large fish and 153 of them at that. If you can answer that question, I will tell you what is wonderful about the number in the other verse. It seems like it was because of the fact that they were not able to haul it in. Because the disciple whom you show love, at that point he's like, oh, the Lord. It's gotta be. We couldn't catch anything all night. This guy shows up says cast it over there, and now it's so big we can't even haul it in. And he says it is the Lord. And he knew. Right it's got to be the Lord. That's got to be Jesus. Holy cow. Well, holy man. 
<laughs> Holy cow would be, I guess, cursing in Hindi. Okay? So the catch is how he reveals himself. In your mind, Rivka. D D all the above? I love it. A teacher, substitute teacher, by the way. Good, good, good. It's yeah. always D. It's always D, yeah. right? <laughs> Other comments? Your turn. <laughs> yes, Lord. Just possibly. I love possibly. Maybe the 318 and the 153 are just, there's not necessarily a meaning to those numbers in particular, just saying there were this many because we counted them all and it's just showing us you brought up a great point, Lori. Let me interrupt you for just a second. All right? And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just going to grab nothing. How long do you think it would take you to tell me how many plates I got in that cupboard right there? A couple minutes. A couple minutes. Think there's anywhere near 318? Think you might lose count? So how long do you think it took for Peter to haul the net in alone? They couldn't put it in the boat. It was too big, but he hauled it onto the shore himself. And now we're large fish. Now how does he know there's 318, Lori? 153. 263. 267. 269. Wait, I lost count. One. The card. You know, right? How how does he know there's 318? I submit. I submit that the writer made it 318. 153. 153. Sorry. Right. So I'm I'm saying that the writer made it 153. I'm saying either the writer made it 153. Or Peter said, 153 fish. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the text bears out that he stood there and counted 153 yeah. fish? Yeah. Melanie? Or did Jesus reveal to him that it was 153? Sure. Okay, could have been, right? Go get some of the fish you caught. I bet you caught 153. <laughs> really? Here's five for you to cook right now. Six, seven, eight. John! 153! Or he wrote it after the fact. Uh, right. Yeah, I wrote it in the wrote it in the dust on the on the beach. He wrote after the fact and said, by the way, how many were there? Yeah. We had a guy count. It was 153. Flipped right. over the fish and it says 153 <laughs> on the fish on the back. I made drill marks into 153. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because I'm God. That's right. The two disciples are counting. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Pete, exactly right. 153 fish, buddy. Yeah. Actually, it knowing what Yeshua was writing in the dirt. There it is. So, instead of giving you the answer, because I don't know why 318. I don't know. Your help. God bless you. <laughs> Your father plays dominoes better than my father does. <laughs> um, I don't know the answer. But I would leave you with this. Um, I have read so many weird things on that 153. And I wonder if we could bring some of those weird things Stop it now. back to the 318. Here's one. Does this number appear anywhere else in the scripture? Is there any other 153? Is there any other 318? There is 153. I know where 153 shows up. You know where 153 shows up. 
only one other time in the Bible. Yeah. Tell me, Juliana. It's in the story um, where I think it's Elisha, not Elijah. It is Elisha. He's sitting at the top of the mountain. He's sitting on the top of the mountain, sort of in a in a Zen pose. Wait, are you going to continue? I'm going to commit. This is my daughter, by the way. So. He's sitting on the top of the mountain, and the king wants to see him. So right. So he sends a captain and 50 men. A captain and 50 men. Yeah. Goes up there. That's 51. Why are you interrupting me? I gotta, I gotta play it so that everybody can see it. And the guy, the captain, says to Alicia, "Man of God, come down." And Alicia says, "If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you." And it does. How many people died? 51. One guy, one captain, and 50. So then the king stupidly does exactly the same thing. He sends another captain with another 50 men, and the exact same thing happens. <laughs> how, many, how many people died? Two captains and 100. Men. So that's 102. And so then the king sends another captain and another 50 men, and he acts differently and goes and asks politely, and Felicia comes down. But How many men were sent to Alicia? Three captains and 150 men. Total? 153. These men were sent to a man of God to gain his favor. 153 fish. Now, we're in La La Land. This is where the Satan's walk around sometimes. Right? You can spiritualize that any way you want. But what can you glean from the 153? It seems improbable that Peter actually stood there and counted them. And yet we have an exact number. So it makes us want to go back into the scriptures and find what's 153. That's the only place where 153 shows up. Okay, that's going to have to work, yeah. You know. So we're actually going to have a class on whether or not the fish, when he's feeding the kids, he's got what is he got? Two, two fish and five loaves? Two fish. In one of the cases. And it fed everybody. Okay, so when you're reaching in and grabbing the fish, are those new fish that never swam? That is such a churchy question. It's not a churchy question. It's a, did he make the fish fatter? They were large fish. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say. That, these are questions that we can wrestle with. By the way, there is actually a comment on Ellie, on the 318. Okay, well, now, now we're going to go back to the 318. Does 318 appear anywhere else? Yes. Uh-oh. Many times, actually, in this story. Go. His name. Who's name? I'm going to tell you. Eliezer. Because it turns out that Eliezer, who is Abraham's most trusted servant, his gematria is the idea each each Hebrew letter has a number value. In fact, there are some, um, if you look at your Tanakh, if you have one, and look at the Hebrew, you'll find that instead of getting verses, it will give you letters. Verse numbers, it gives you verse letters. Because the verse letters, each one represents a different number. Um, and if you have, if you go to one of those cool, you know, the Psalms, you'll find, like Psalm uh, 119, you'll get to see a whole bunch of their numeric value because it goes way up there. Point is, the gematria, the value of the letters in Eliezer is 318. Ah, but wait, it's more than just gematria because if you're reading in Hebrew, you read at, you see the number 318 when you read his, le- when right. you read his name. Because if you are a Hebrew speaker, you would see it's a number. And interestingly enough, Eliezer's 318, he's actually from Damascus, which is where the battle ends, which is kind of cool. Uh, now, so, but the sages don't all agree. 
Of course not. Because sometimes it's just 318 right. guys. Two rabbis, three opinions. So Eliezer was, you know, he was worth 318 guys, or Abraham had 318 disciples, which, by the way, as was pointed by Nehemiah, does add up to 12. I think that's cool. Yeah. 3 plus 1 plus yeah. 18. Yeah, 3 plus 18. I just think maybe there were 153 and somebody counted them. It could be. It could be. It could be. Hey, it could be. It's so boring, but it's true. It could be. Peter was a businessman. He was a little so bit. Then, but he was a businessman. Okay. So I worked all night. By the way, I got the count. I'm the one who brought the fish on shore. I'm responsible to count. I need to know. 153 large fish. Pray with me, Father God. What a wonderful Sabbath you've given us. May you be pleased with our rest. May you sanctify us with your commandments and give us our share in your Torah. Father, I am so grateful for everyone here and for the opportunity to playfully discuss and yet seriously regard your word. We are grateful for our Father Abraham and for the privilege of even being able to call him Father Abraham. That he came up out of Egypt as you called your people out of Egypt. That what happened to the fathers happens to their children. Father, I pray that you would find us faithful and careful with our words and with the decisions we make, especially regarding our wives. I pray, Lord, that you would come quickly, that you would bring peace on the earth, that all of your people would be united with a singular halakha, a single king, a single kingdom, single promise to this one man that in the end Father the story of your great sacrifice covenant, relationship and desire would be made open and apparent to everyone who is on the earth coming up for Sukkot and all God's people say Amen, Amen.